Elias woke alone, in a strange bed in a strange room. A little groggy and a lot disoriented, it took her a few seconds to figure out where she was. As it turned out, those were the best moments of her day, because they were blank, empty, and for a little while, a very little while, she was just Elise McKinney, concert pianist, She was in just another hotel room in just another city, getting ready to give just another concert. But then the occasional beeping from the pulse oximeter next to the bed worked its way into her consciousness, followed by the throbbing in her left hand, the aches and pains all over her body, and the emptiness deep inside herself that screamed something was very, very wrong. Because it was... Ellington was dead, and so was her career. She didn't know how she could have forgotten, even in those first blurry moments. Using her good hand, she pushed herself into a sitting position, then shoved the hair out of her eyes and surveyed the hospital room around her. Despite the numerous bouquets of flowers that lined most of the available surfaces, it felt empty, impersonal, lonely, kind of like her life. Panic assailed her at the thought, had her grabbing onto the side rails of the bed as she fought to calm her racing heart. It worked, but her injured hand protested the movement and she ended up curled on her side in the fetal position trying to keep her breathing under control. What was she going to do? What was she going to do? A knock at the door distracted her, and as she looked up, Her first thought was that she'd obviously hit her head harder than the doctors thought. A lot harder. Because she could swear that Quinn Bradford was standing casually in her doorway, smiling like it had been ten minutes and not ten years since she'd last seen him. Like he hadn't taken her virginity in Brussels and then disappeared from her life and his own, without so much as a hint of what he was planning or where he was hoping to end up. Oh, the man watching her with dark, concern-filled eyes wasn't the same Quinn Bradford she'd spent so much of her adolescence competing against. No tuxedo, no perfectly trimmed hair, no fake smile, no bruises. But it was definitely him. He might look more like the rock and roll star he'd become than the classically trained pianist she used to know, but that didn't mean anything. She'd recognize him anywhere, as would her heart, which had already started beating fast and frantic in her chest. Embarrassed by her reaction to me even after all this time, she glanced at the monitor beside her bed, hoped he wouldn't notice the sudden spike in her pulse rate that was detailed there. I don't know if you remember. He started. Of course I remember you, Quinn. She interrupted. His name was an urgency on her tongue, a brand on her soul, this man who had always hid more than he showed, always listened more than he shared. But what are you doing here? He smiled then, a quick turning up of his lips that had a dimple flashing in his right cheek. She closed her eyes and tried not to think about how many times she'd kissed and licked that dimple when she was 17. I live in Austin now. I heard about the accident on the news. 
His grin disappeared. I'm sorry about Ellington. Yeah, me too. Tears bloomed in her eyes, the same troublesome tears that had been hitting her without warning ever since they'd pulled her from the tangled wreck of the limousine. But she blinked them back. Again.